0: Hey guys, it's Anna, and so welcome back to Ramblings of a Transgender Christian. Um, today, we are—we definitely got a bit of a show ahead of us today. Um, I, okay, first off, we're not really going to do much news today. I mean, the news is basically everything we've been talking about for a while. Another, you know, anti-trans athlete bill, um, more cruel laws, you know. Um phew religious exemptions like we, we talked about this stuff before million and one times we talk about pretty much all of these every single episode so it's just like i i don't really see what's the point of really breaking down any of these stories um in this episode so we're not there is one news article i am going to go into um but, that, but that's literally it um today's episode we're gonna focus more on um what, I guess I'm going to call a spiritual buffet. You see, I I got a few things that have been kind of on my mind lately, um, spiritually wise, and yeah, we're going to kind of focus on those and just have a little spiritual buffet, you know. Um, Just imagine you're going down to Golden Corral, but instead of having cheap, shitty, highly processed, greasy food that's not good for you, it's wonderful, you know, good for you, um, you know, spiritual meat or whatever vegetarian dish you prefer. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Everyone is perfectly valid. But, yeah, you know, just imagine you're getting those that, that, you know, that golden corral source, you know, like spiritual goodness instead of, you know, the highly processed, cheap shit food <laughs> that they currently actually have, you know. But, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be kind of a spiritual buffet, you know, a little bit of everything. Um... Anyway, I, I, I spent a minute talking about that. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're, we're just going to be doing two segments today. Um, and so yeah, let's just uh, kind of dive into it with our f- one news story this week, um, episode. Uh, all right, let me see. Okay, so this one is a coming out story. So, um, there, so this is from the Associated Press. An Israeli soccer referee has come out as a transgender woman. So, let's see. uh, Where does the article actually start? Um, An Israeli soccer referee has come out as transgender and is living and enforcing the rules of the game as the only woman in the country's top shelf league. I am probably going to butcher this first name, but I am going to try to pronounce this um, first name. Sapir. S-A-P-I-R. So I'm assuming that's Sapir. Uh, and that's what we're going with. Once again, so sorry if I am mispronouncing that. Uh, anyway, Sapir Berman announced Tuesday that she has received the support of her family, the local referees union, and Israeli and international soccer play officials. She said players and fans have even begun to address her as a woman, even when they gripe about her calls on the field. On Sunday, Berman will be the head referee for a playoff match between heavyweight teams... Oh, God. Uh, Hopple Hefa? I have no idea how to pronounce that. And Baitar Jerusalem. That's what we're going with. Um. <laughs> It will be a marquee event on Berman's lifelong road to living, as she said Tuesday. As herself, I always saw myself as a woman from a young age, Berman, whose birth name. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I totally forgot that we did that. Why, oh, gosh! Yeah, the fun thing about this article is several times we just straight up dead name trans people. Like, don't, don't do that. Okay, okay. You know, I I'll give him some some you know, i I'll kind of sort of give him a pass here, yeah, you know, like is it literally day one that she's come out? So I guess it's kind of fine. Like I understand the argument saying no, it's never acceptable to dename a trans person. But I don't know, like I also find just enough merit and the idea that on day one you know maybe it's okay to dead name them so people know who you're talking about or whatever but like ugh, i don't know it's it's a touchy touchy subject and i have no and yeah uh, we're not gonna dive into that here but yeah i'm not gonna dead name her like dissociated press said um anyway Berman, uh, told reporters at Ramat Gan Stadium, headquarters of the Israel Football Association, I realize society will not accept me, will not be on my side, so I continue to be like this for nearly 26 years, she said. Berman said that, uh, said that being involved in such a, oh, gosh, sorry, um, something, my phone was acting up for a second, um, since... Um, said that being involved in such a male-dominated profession made her hesitate to go public. But about six months ago, I decided to come out and to show who I am. First of all, first of all, to myself or my soul, she said with a smile. Fans and players quickly took notice, she said, addressing her with the, with the feminine form of Hebrew words. A change Berman chooses to see as a sign of respect for her decision to transition. Israeli soccer officials stood behind Berman at Tuesday's news conference in a room above the stadium's playing field. We have a new referee, Sapir Berman, the Israel Football Association, tweeted. We are so proud. Berman's decision to come out and stand at the Israeli Premier League comes at a time when gay and transgender people are achieving higher profile acceptance in some parts of the world. Um... We're just going to skip for these because, holy fuck, they like to name, they love to the name. When they talk about, you know, these trans pioneers, like, why do you do that? Especially ones who've been out for, like, fucking forever. Nobody needs to know for deny Like, oh, gosh. Anyway, um, look, it hasn't been all roses and tinsel. Um, oh, no, never mind. That's not her, um... Okay, so not never just interviewing other people. I couldn't remember when they started talking to other people instead of Sapir. But anyway, so yeah, congratulations to Sapir. Um, no doubt had to be hard, especially when you're on kind of a bit of a platform like that, you know. But congratulations to being able to come out and having such positive reception. Um, and being able to continue to do what you love, which is... Uh, be a soccer referee at such a high level. So, yeah, that's it, it, a nice little story. So I decided I kind of wanted to at least cover that news story. It just came out today, like literally just like two hours ago as I'm recording this. So pretty good. Pretty nice. Anywho, let's kind of dive into this <laughs> spiritual buffet. <laughs> Why did I ever come up with that? <laughs> Why did I come up with that term? <laughs> you know, it sounded a lot better in my head. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, Will, will this show ever have good production values and actually be well done? Probably not. <laughs> well, no, I may have good production values someday whenever I finally get a fucking computer, but it's never going to stop being a shit show. <laughs> It'll just be a nicely cleaned, you know, a polished turd, he could say, um, once I get actual production values onto this show. The day when I get a computer. Anyway, um, <laughs> let, 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 let's kind of dive into these topics. So, you know, these are ones I've been kind of wanting to address for a bit, you know, but it has been kind of piling up, you know. And piling up, so let's kind of just address them one by one. Uh, I don't think I will be talking about them super long, each one, but you know, this is more of the ah gosh, it's about to pronounce food as food. T H O O T, like, why, why, why did I do it? It's food for thought. There you go. Here we go. Anyway. So the first one I heard was actually on a one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it just by every morning. Um, it's the Brant and Sherry Oddcast. So, it, it, so you can actually hear um, a radio version of the podcast where they um, called the Brant and Sherry. It, no, it's called the Brant. Is it Brant and Sherry Show or is it just the Brant Hanson Show? I think mean, it's Brand—I Hans- think mean, it's just the Brand Hansen show, but you can hear on a lot of Christian music stations across the country. Um, it plays on my local station, Star eighty-eight point three. I've been loving it for years, and I actually just recently found out that it's been put in podcast form. Found that out a few months ago, and I've been listening pretty religiously. I, I absolutely love the show. It's a great start to the morning, and um, Brand's had a really good observation um, a bit ago, like you know. Uh, which is cars are anchor boxes, no, 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 seriously, think about it. Cars really are anger boxes, they manage to bring out the worst of us for like anything you know uh you, how, how easy is it to get in a fight with your passenger or you know you know um, just anybody who's in the car, you know any resentment is boiling up can come out easily there, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, you're in one place confined little thing together, you can't really ignore the other person, and you know, you can't just get up and walk away, I mean, I guess you could jump out, but that's kind of dangerous, you know, um, and plus how are you get back anywhere, um but you know, it's like any face of resentment or you know, can come out, you know, pretty easily you know, fights can turn pretty scary, you know, um, but even then, you know, outwards, you know, every little thing just, man, it can often at least no tick me off, you know, um, a car is tailing me, you know, get a little too close, you know, get a little bit mad, you know, some person decides not to use the turn signal. And let me tell you, there's no peppy if I have more than people who are used to use their fucking turn signals. For the love of God, people use the damn turn signal and don't. Turn it on just as you're turning. No, the point of it is to tell people in advance that you're turning. It's not that hard to use, people. I, I Trust me, Like using the turn signal is not that hard. Just use it. Oh, God, I can't stand people to use their turn signal. I really can't annoys me so much. But anyway, you know, like, I can find myself often just, like, yelling at the people who do that, you know. Somebody's tailgating me. Somebody's flipping me the bird, you know. Uh, Anybody doing anything even remotely annoying. Oh, I am going to start yelling, you know. And back when I listened to political radio um, in the car, and I don't allow myself to do that anymore... Uh, Listening to political talk while in the car, just not good for me. Definitely not good for me. Uh, I don't think it's really good for anyone, but especially not for me. And, oh my gosh, nothing would set me on edge more. Get me angry and super aggressive, you know. And I actually found that, you know, the aggression I got from hearing about all the people that I perceived as idiots while listening to political talk on the radio while driving would help me be more aggressive in my driving and be more reckless. Just because, like, I was getting so pumped up and angry. And it's just, like, not healthy. Not, not, Not at all healthy. So, yeah, you know, it's... I, it, it's just something I've been thinking about a lot lately And after hearing Brandt <laughs> Literally just call cars anger boxes And just figure out how true that is You know, and to be honest kind of trying to pay attention more To myself, you know Not, you know Allow myself to be driven to anger While in these little anger boxes, you know not get so worked up and angry when that idiot in front of me doesn't use a turn signal, okay? I shouldn't say idiot. That... It's mean. It's angry. It's We're not anger, Not okay. Don't, don't call that person an idiot. Um, sorry, I'm talking to myself here. Um, anyway, uh, you know, when that person tailgates me, flips me the bird, you know, does something I don't like, you know, when I hear something I don't like from somebody, whatever. Just not let it make me angry I mean not you know working on not being like being run by anger is good anywhere but I think especially in cars you know and in you know relationships uh that's kind of an important one too you know but anyway so yeah that's been kind of on my mind a bit lately um so that's you know first course style <laughs> oh my god I I, I am trying to keep with, you know, this stupid ass spiritual buffet imagery. But like, it's just so cringe and dumb. But anyway, yeah. Um, course one is over. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. I am so cringe. So pure cringe. Anyway, another thing that I've heard from, if I even, <sighs> so this is something that has kind of distressed me. It's kind of been on my mind for a few years now. And that's worshiping God. Um, and the lack of emotion that I feel, you know, like, I, 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 I'm going to be honest, this may be strictly an American thing, but at least, you know, in evangelical American churches, you know, or really just Protestant churches, period, you know, Christian culture, I've noticed is that we really put an emphasis on feeling emotion while worshiping God, like you better be feeling something, you know, Worshipping God is all about the feels. And for years now, like, I just didn't feel anything when worshiping God. In fact, I oftentimes don't even today, you know, really feel anything. And it made me feel bad, you know. Like, I try to, like, put my whole heart into it, you know. Um, And just offer things to try to feel some emotion while worshiping God. Because clearly I must not really mean my worship. That's not the way it's supposed to go. And this one is actually another kind of food for thought, you know. So this was actually interesting. For me, like, how I resolved this came from two very, you know, came from a mishmash of two sources I did not foresee coming. One being the Branton Hansen Show or the Branton Sherry podcast. Um... Because he kind of talked about this a little bit, but also from C.S. Lewis, more specifically a chapter in his book *Mere Christianity*. Um, but yeah, you know, and kind of what I realized from a mix of those two is worshiping is not about me. Worshiping is not about feeling some emotion, feeling good or whatever. Worship is about worshiping God. It's literally just saying, hey, God, it's my time to, you know, praise you for how awesome you are, you know, or how much of a provider you are. Like, this this is not really for me. This is not, you know, it's not like the only benefit it really has for me is to serve as a reminder of, you know, who is my maker? Who is my provider? You know? N- you know, d- d- there's no point in the Bible where it said, talks about it, and it says, you know, you should be feeling emotion while worshiping. Like, it, like, where does it say that, you know? And so, yeah, you know, it's, it, it was kind of a nice, it was a much needed cold slap in the face, a much welcomed one, you know, to you know, I, I guess I just don't feel guilty for not feeling, no, for not feeling any emotion anymore when worshiping. You know, it, it it's a huge burden off my chest now. You know, and another thing that you know kind of resolved some of that, you know, there have been times when I felt some emotion while worshiping, you know, there are times when I really could feel the spirit, you know, really feel the spirit moving, you know, right off the top of my head, I could think of, um, oh gosh, a third one just came in my mind, don't know if I'm ready to share that one yet, to be honest, um, I don't know, maybe I'll share it, uh, kind of wanted to shut down and back in my head Anyway, um, you know, I'm I don't know, I don't, I don't want to talk about I, I really don't want to talk about these experiences anymore That the, the third one that just popped in my head really put a damper on things So, like, I don't want to talk about that stuff anymore Um. Anyways, you know, but, like, especially early on when you first find faith, you know Like, you are super excited to, like, read the Bible, you know Like Super motivated, super pumped to pray, you know. You're really feeling it when you're worshiping God, you know, singing there singing and all that stuff. But as time goes on, like, that, like, you just don't feel that anymore. You don't feel that spark of emotion. And that's where C.S. Lewis kind of kicks in in Mere Christianity. And it's actually his uh, chapter on marriage, you know. So, you know, like... You know, like, I'm trying to figure out how to put this, you know? Because uh, I don't want to, like, twist C.S. Lewis in any way, you know? Um, because, you know, at the time, C.S. Lewis wasn't married. I'm certainly not married. But I never get married. So, like, I don't want to, like, make, like, I just want to, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard because, like, I don't want to, like, misconstrue his words in any way, you know? <laughs> When, you know, it's already, you know, non-married people talking about things relating to marriage, you know. But, you know, he talked about like, uh, oh gosh, how do I put this? You know, like, you know, a dating couple, you know, like how like, like lovey-dovey they are with each other. I am so sorry. This is literally the best I could come up with, okay? I don't know anything about these things. Like, I don't feel these things. I can't really describe them in elegant terms. I'm so sorry. Anyway, but, you know, like, if you get, like, like lovey-doveys with each other, you know, and oftentimes they just can't stop touching each other, you know, and stuff like that, you know. But, like, you can like see that Ver like, quite clearly, you know, really, really love each other, you know. Um. <laughs> it, they, they, we're not hiding it. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, you know? Um, but, you know, like, over time, you know, like, you can tell that a couple, you know, like, it's not, like, this big, outward, like, performative show anymore, you know? Like, we're not, like, always constantly touching each other, you know? We're not giving each other goo-goo eyes, you know? All out in public, you know? Like, you know stuff like that you know like Over time like that emotion Dies away You know like for not Living on that emotional high you know We still love each other but it's a, In different ways Now I guess I am gonna get an email from somebody Blasting me For completely misconstruing this stuff And not understanding that aren't I Fuck it <laughs> Anyway, you know, but, like, they still love each other, you know, it's just, like, a different kind of love, you know, like, but, like, you know, like, but, like, the beauty of this, you know, is that, like, when you, I guess, like, when you're, like, really passionate, like, enthralled with this person like you really want to get to know that person like super deeply you know but like you know as time goes on you know and that motion dies away you know like you still want to be with that person you still love that person but like you're now more free to experience new things learn new things because like when you're super enthralled with that thing you know um, or that person you know like you almost have like tunnel vision I guess you know like you're really kind of focused on that one thing or person uh, you can tell I've never been in a re- romantic relationship, can't you? Uh, uh, you know, but like you had the tunnel vision and then like over time that tunnel vision kind of dies away and you could start focusing more on other things while never losing your love for that person. But you know, you just love them in like different ways now. And it's kind of the way it is with like God, you know, like when you first kind of got, Oh God, you know. I mean like you're super enthralled You almost have like this tunnel vision On God you know you just want to learn about God You know you just want to serve him in every way And all this stuff But like as time goes on like that emotion That fervor just kind of dies away And allows you to kind of Focus on other things get Moving on to new things you know Like And as good as healthy as how things should be You know And I think that's the same with worship You know Once that initial fervor dies like it allows you, you know, that initial emotional fervor dies, allows you to kind of move on to new things, to get emotionally fervent about, new things to learn about, you know, new things to be passionate about. In addition, doesn't make me stop loving God. You know, you still love God. It's just different now, you know. <sighs> I hope I made sense in this. I really don't feel like I made much sense. Or it made sense, but made a fucking fool of myself. But and again, when do I not make a fucking fool of myself? But, like, I hope everybody gets the point what I'm trying to say with this. <sighs> Anywho. Let's see. How long have you been recording? Uh... You know what? We got a few more minutes. We'll, we'll, I'll kind of just broach this topic. Um... So another thing that I I actually talked about this on a video on Sunday, um, and that is how I don't really understand communion, really, if I'm being honest. Uh, so, you know, I so I was been listening to a book. Uh, gosh, what am I saying? Listening. I was I finished reading a book. <laughs> God damn. What's wrong with me? Um, so, yes, I finished reading a book by Rachel Hell. Oh, God. Rachel, really. Rachel Held Evans. Why can I not speak today? Rachel Held Evans. Anywho, Searching for Sunday. So her book, Searching for Sunday. And it was really kind of eye-opening in so many ways, you know. Uh, you know, like, for instance, I never, I, I've never been part of a confirmation, you know. I've never been to church. i had a confirmation process, you know. Um, so, like confirmation stuff just never really I just never really thought about it you know you know it just never struck me as something important you know so anything that anybody would actually care about just cause like I've never been to a church had a confirmation you know and you know reading that book I kinda of understand why for some people it might it is important and, you know, kinda of like how this confirm like I guess the confirmation process can bring like a church body together, you know. While it may not be easy for me and I may not definitely ever be interested in confirmation. I actually kinda of understand, you know, the kind of the beauty that there is in confirmation now. As opposed to before when it's just like if if I did think about it, I was like, who gives a fuck? It's confirmation? Who cares? You know, baptism. Um, that was another one. You know, I've never been publicly baptized. Um, so when I when I first gave my light to Christ, when I was like I don't know ten or something, what happened was my parents um, baptized me in our family tub um, in front of my sisters and my maternal grandparents. So I have never been publicly baptized. I have been baptized, but in private. So I so I never. You know, but like reading the book for the first time, I kind of understand just how important baptism is to so many Christians, especially, you know, that public baptism that is, you know, um, just like how it brings, like, you know, just the, the kind of the joy that I guess it brings the person who's been baptized, you know, to being able to make such a public statement in front of, you know, for spiritual family. You know, how it can bring a church together, you know, in so many ways. Like, it's just something I never really understood. I can't understand as somebody who has never been publicly baptized. But, like, I kind of get it now. You know, I kind of understand why it leaves such an impression. Why it's so powerful for so many Christians. Like, I kind of get it now. I never would have if I had never read Searching for Sunday, You know, and and other things, you know, there were a few other things that really kind of opened my eyes to. But one of them, you know, um, was communion, you know. Um, It definitely changed my mind on a few things in communion, but I'm not really going to talk about those things here. Because that is a whole other theological discussion that, honestly, I don't really feel like talking into at all. Um, But, like, and to be honest, I still don't get it. I still don't understand communion, really. I am a Christian who doesn't understand communion. Yeah, I said it. Yes, I am the worst Christian ever. Thank you for asking. Uh, even after reading the book, like I can see that it impacted people. You know, I can see that. People fell in, you know, like Rachel talks about, you know, how she, like, even if she were to become an atheist, like, she would miss communion. I just find that a mystery. Like, how? Like, I, I'm being honest, I don't get it. Communion, at least for me, has always been like an obligatory thing that you obligatorily have to do because well the Bible said the Bible, you know, kinda of mentions it, you know, kinda of seems kind of important, so I guess we better do it, you know. You know, like I'm a child of church, you know, we did it the first Sunday of every month. Usually at the end of the service, you know. And we did it for about you know, it was like a ten minute thing, you know. But like, you know, It had to be done very quickly because, well, we had to get to fellowship time, you know. Um, And plus, you know, the pastors usually went way over time and for preaching, you know. But like, I don't know, never seemed to be like this most like all that special thing. Like when we were doing it, you know, all we could think about was hurry up. We got fellowship time to get to. Come on, hurry up. Shout to it. Finish this up, you know? And then, you know, at the church I attended here in Indiana before I ran away and ended up homeless. Um, You know, it was basically whenever the fuck. Like, that was literally the schedule for communion. Whenever the fuck. Whenever, you know, when the pastors happened to remember that it was a thing. Like, you know, I remember there was, like, one time where we did it for several street weeks, and there were times when we wouldn't do it for, like, four four or five months. You know? Who's literally whenever the hell the a pat of the pastors remembered that it was a thing, you know. And even then, you know, something that you did at the beginning of the service, and you kind of had to get out of the way. Like, couldn't spend more than like ten or so minutes, you know. And it should be the absolute max. And and we got to get instruments. So we can get so we can let everybody, you know, go grab her groceries, you know, and head out for the for you know for the day. Like. I have always just seen it as something that you could just kind of have to do. I've never seen any, I mean, yes, I don't see any beauty in it. Like I don't see how this is such a deep experience for people. It's just something that you kind of got to do because the Bible, you know, Jesus did it, you know, and it seems like he kind of wants you to do it. You know, I, I just don't get it. You know why I, I don't get it. Like, it's just something you obligatorily do. That's. Always been my experience. So, yeah, I am a Christian who doesn't quite get communion. (sighs) Anyway, so, yeah, um, that's really everything I kind of wanted to bring up um, in this segment. So we're going to take a break. I am getting kind of hungry. Um, I am like well past due for dinner. Normally I kind of eat dinner between four and four 30, but right now it five twenty-seven Cause I really wasn't hungry earlier, but now I am. And so I, I think I'm going to probably make myself some gluten free craft mac and cheese. I am gluten intolerant, just so you know, so like not, I'm not some hippie millennial, you know, eating gluten free because you know, it's healthier or whatever, you know, like no, I'm actually gluten intolerant. So like. Gonna need to eat gluten-free stuff. So, anyway, you know, we gotta gonna make some that gluten-free craft mac and cheese, which is actually pretty damn good, I'm surprised. I was pretty surprised how good it was. Um I of that, and then right after that, I am going to record the second segment. But for you, it's gonna be about a minute and a half. So yeah, uh we'll be back in for what's for you, about a minute and a half. See you then. Alrighty, everybody, so we are back. For you, it's been about a minute and 30. For me, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. Very good dinner. It, it, it was actually quite delicious. Mm. Um, you know, but... yeah, oh man, it's getting late now. I'm kind of tired, not gonna lie. Um, I was planning to watch Star Trek Enterprise. I got the last two episodes of the first season. I'm telling you, I'm so damn tired right now. It's just like, oh, no, might might turn in early tonight now. I'll probably watch those and, you know, we'll see. We'll see how tired I am then. Chances are, you know, as I'll work for the tiredness, and then I'll catch, like, you know, my second wind of energy, and then I'll be up to like, fucking 1130 midnight, you know. But at the moment, I'm actually pretty darn tired, but... Uh, oh, well, whatever. I, 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 you know, it's the way things are. Yeah, then, you know, another fun thing I just realized literally just a few minutes ago is that I never received my W-2s. I think that's what you call them, you know, the things you know, that your employers supposed to send you. I never got them. Yeah, yeah the Salvation Army and the uh, Allen County Public Library never sent them to me. So I am going to have to go to HR for both and ask him for my W-2s because I, I never got sent them and I really need to my text return, so yay! Can't wait to do that. <sighs> oh well. Chances are they got sent to the wrong address, but whatever. Like I've been homeless, had three different addresses, like, whatever. Whatever. Anywho, so... What is this? Oh, actually, um, the... Before- we're not gonna get to it quite yet, but there is something i kind of going to try to remember to do in the second segment from now on, which is Reddit. Um, kind of go, you know, maybe talk about some Reddit forum that I saw. That I thought was pretty interesting. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a uh, post on the Reddit um, forum. Uh, as transgender, it's a thread on there, um, so we're gonna so we're gonna kind of talk about that a little bit later. But that's something I kind of maybe want to start doing in segments. Segments segment, in addition to the good news story, but um, something today that was kind of interesting. Like it's so dumb. I I fully admit that what I'm about to talk about is like really fucking stupid and is of no consequence. But like I didn't even know that this was a thing and I'm actually kind of astounded that this was a thing that I somehow never heard of. <sighs> Apparently there was a live action Pinocchio movie that came out at like in 2019. So like at the so I guess at the Oscars or something like this live action Pinocchio film was like up for a few Oscars or something. Like, I don't know I don't care about the Oscars at all you know like I, I just don't pay attention It's just not something I care about that much really you know but apparently they, 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 this live action pinocchio film was up for a few Oscars and like they like everyone was just like wait what the fuck that, that, that wait that, that, that was a that thing that 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 was a real movie uh yeah no no it was a real movie um it looks horrible. <laughs> I just saw screenshots of like the characters and everything It looks fucking freaky And it looks terrible I never want to see it And like that book scarred me Like I actually read the book when I was a kid And it scarred me Like that book fucking scarred me Especially when they all turn into donkeys And stuff like that Holy shit like I read that when I was just like a kid You know and it's just like oh my god Like I had nightmares over that Uh, So yeah you know um I've never watched a cartoon in you know? it like no I there was a cartoon it was not the Disney one but there was another one like some second-rate cartoon I should I think about it it would calling it second rate would be a little too kind third-rate cartoon company that did a Pinocchio cartoon scarred me for life as well um so, yeah, I never, ever want to see the original Pinocchio Disney movie or see this live action or see anything Pinocchio-like. If I never hear of Pinocchio ever again, I will be pretty fucking happy. Because, yeah, that was uh, I got nightmares for that shit. Like, that's, that shit scarred me for life. Okay, like, I was a really impressionable kid, you know. Plus, I just don't really like anything that are slight anything is slightly disturbing or weird. Really, you know, like, it's just not things that I like. You know, especially if it's kind of more disturbing or whatever. You know, like, for instance, like I will never watch a horror movie. You know, like, like it is another thing. It's like I am like super fucking sensitive. Like, I have always been like sensitive to violence, um, to sex. You know, um. Nudity, uh, b- blood, especially, you know, like, for just things I just don't like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like watching movies with them, you know, unless I have a really good reason to, you know, like, I will tolerate it in movies like, like, I always tolerate, you know, like, the violence and blood, you know, and, like, saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List. That said, I'm not gonna watch them very often, but, like, I will watch them just because, like... At least for, like, you know, important movies, you know. But, like, I am never going to watch The Matrix, you know. That's, it's just not something that's ever going to happen. You will never catch me watching The Matrix, you know, for instance. I've heard some disgusting stuff happen in FM. It's just like, eh, no, no, you know. Um, but, you know, and another thing is just, I'm never going to watch it like, horror suspense. Like, I watched one suspense movie, Signs, you know, to... M. Night Shyamalan film starring Mel Gibson. Um... Yeah, you know, that movie convinced me to never watch another suspense film or to ever watch a horror film. You know that scene? That really famous scene? The alien walks across the camera lens? You know, at the birthday party? <sighs> that, like... Because I, I had no experience with anything scary before or anything like that, you know? Um... I completely lost it. Like I am not joking one bit when I say I literally lost all control over my body, like not not even a joke. Like I literally could not control my body at all. I, it scared me so badly. <laughs> you know, um, I just sat there, you know, hugging the pillow. <laughs> Not being able to let go and just screaming like a little girl, you know. Like, and I want to make it clear, this was years ago. Like, I was still very much living as a guy at this time, you know. I was deep in denial over my trans identity, and like, but like, and I, like, I was like, I just like screamed. Like, my screams were higher pitched than both my sisters. Like, my 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 family did not let me live that down, you know. Yeah, you know it was fun, uh, and I also swore to never ever watch another, um, a a never suspense or horror film again. You know, like okay, here's the thing: like when I when I swear certain things, like there are times when it's obviously a joke, you know, or something. I'm only going to do it for a short amount of time. But there are some things that it's like no, like I am never doing. Like for instance, you know, I took a vow of celibacy, and you know, I'm like. Having sex or whatever, you know, I don't know if that's to correct her, but man I guess like, there's so many fucking different terms for this stuff, you know, like virginity, cel- celibacy, you know, whatever like, w- w- I don't know what's the difference, but you know, whatever one, you know, it's like I'm never having sex with another person like it's something that I fully like, I fully intention do not live out. For me, not watching horror and suspense films is in the same category. Just as how, you know, I am never having sex with somebody, you know, because of the vow to celibacy or whatever the fuck it is, you know, assuming that's the correct term, I don't even know. Um, never watching a, a, a really a horror or suspense film ever again. Like For me, this is like a religious level vow. Like, it's, it's not happening. You will never get me to watch Resident Evil or Leprechaun or, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Is not... It, it's not happening. I, I have no interest in ever watching something like that ever again. You, you, you scarred me once. You're not scarring me again, you know. So, that's that. <laughs> um... So yeah, I. Where, where, how did it just even start? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about Pinocchio. Well, see, and I talked. I was mentioned earlier how you know never really wanted to think about Pinocchio again. Let's just uh, move on. I guess we'll get into our new segment. Um, Reddit diving. Uh, so yeah, this is from, uh, you know, r slash ask. Ask transgender. And the thread is, what's the funniest reaction you've ever gotten from a loved one when you came out to them? You know, um, and the person, you know, like a little sub thing to that, you know, the little addition to her title is, there are always posts about coming out that are either tear-jerking wholesomeness or just heartbreaking or injection stories, but I don't know my experience I feel like I just kind of had in-between sorts of funny reactions. So, I'm going to rate a few of them. Um, Some of these are kind (laughs) of perverted. I don't understand certain things, some of these, but like, they're weird. Like, these are really weird. Like, stuff I, like, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure I believe certain some of them. Um, I, I, I'm just going to leave that straight on the table. I am not sure I believe some of them. but you know, I, I think it's interesting, you know, we're just going to give them all the benefit of the doubt that these actually happened. Some of these are just damn weird. But, like, anyway. Let's kind of dive into them. So the, so the very first one, like, the, the, the top voted one. Um, for context... My dad is a professional ice climber in the winter, and I've become his go-to climbing partner. Me, Dad, I'd really rather be your daughter. This is me coming out. I can leave, or you can disown me. My dad. Well, you're too good of a climbing partner to do that. Guess you'll have to be. I guess you'll just have to be my my daughter. Uh, second runner-up is my backpacking friend. We were miles into wilderness with camp set up. I tell him I'm trans and without missing a beat he just goes Can I touch your boobs? I'm not sure I believe that second one. Uh I'm sorry, I don't like uh, maybe it just shows how sheltered I am because you know I I am definitely sheltered. I've talked about that here on the podcast, but like is that something people like actually say? Like is that really a thing? Like people really want to just touch other people's boobs like especially like for friends like is that a thing i i you know maybe may, 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 maybe there's no reason about it and it's and i'm just really fucking shy, so i don't know like for me this is so fucking weird like i'm not sure i believe that <laughs> oh no 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 nope never mind i i the more I think about it, the more I can think back to all the memories I repressed from, you know, my young boyhood, <laughs> you know, hanging out with all the guys trying to fit in, and hearing the guys talk about all the girls' breasts and you know which ones they wanted as such and all that. stuff. So, so you know, never mind. I, 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 I fully believe it. Um, yeah, yeah. nice little uh, perverted friend there. Um, but yeah, kind of weird. Um, just saying, uh, yes. If I were to ever have come out to someone as trans, and the first thing they said to me was, "Can I touch your boobs?" Um, I'd probably slap them. Just saying, I, I'd I'd probably slap them. Like, ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't understand the infatuation with touching boobs, like. Just things for sacks of fat. Like, why? Why do you care so? Much? Why do you, Why do you want to touch them so much? Anyway, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, so Never wine responded with uh, this story. One of my best friends I've known for most of my life told me, "I don't care. This won't change anything between us because you're just still the same dumbass." <laughs> uh, yep, that yep. People, if your friend responds to you like that, you have a best friend for life, right there. Okay, you have got a best friend for life. You you need to cherish them. These are people who truly love you and care for you. Okay, don't 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 ever lose that person. Okay, hold on to that person as tightly as possible. And I mean this sincerely. This is not me joking around. Like that's a keeper. That that is a keeper of friend. So yeah, beautiful story. Um, let me see him. And here's another... <laughs> okay, this one is actually kind of funny, but um, so this is another story. I called my brother to come out to him, and I was super nervous and just couldn't say it. So he goes, in a joking way, What? Spit it out! Are you going to transition to be a female or something? Oh, yeah... Actually, that's precisely it. Huh. Nice guess. No, really. What did you call about? I'm serious. I didn't know how you just did that, but you nailed it on the head. I'm trans. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We had some good laughs about it for a while. (laughs) You know, I, I, I... I can understand why, you know? I... That, that, that is a story you tell your kids, your grandkids, your nieces or nephews, you know, like, the kids of your brother, your kids or whatever about, like, that, 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 that is a cute, funny coming out story, so, cute that one, cute, cute, a cute one there, you know, kind of, kind of a cute, funny one there, uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, any other interesting ones before we move on, um, Okay, never just kind of a cute one. Um, my best friend. Not surprised, but why are all my friends like this? And I just died laughing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Got, got a... You're the one straight in a, in a circle of queers. How's it feel being the third wheel now? Oh, let's see. Let's see where. So let me see. Okay, I, I got to tell this story. Okay, this is going to be the last one. I, I got to do this. This is too charming. This is just too, too damn charming. Um, so, I'm actually non binary. But this story is from when I came out as a trans guy. Long story. Oh, well. Anyway, I was at a family reunion and was still in the process of coming out. So, not everyone knew. I was playing with a young cousin, probably about four, and he asked if I was a boy or a girl. I told him I was a boy, and he said, you sound like a girl, but that's okay. Lots of boys do. <laughs> what a cute babe. I mean, from the mouth of babes, you know, like, that, 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 that's precious. That, that's so damn precious. Uh, precious 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 little one anyway so yeah I think that's going to be the end of at uh, the reddit thing we'll see we'll see what I get fine for the next episode um, see if I continue doing this because I'm going to be honest I'm still very much in the experimentation stage for this show I'm still kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't so you're going to hear a lot of like changes of me adding things taking away things whatever I'm still trying to figure all of this out So maybe this thing doesn't say Maybe I get rid of it in the next episode Maybe I get rid of it in two episodes Maybe it says, who knows, we'll see But anyway, one thing is definitely not going away Because I think that we all need an uplifting We need to be uplifted Is a good news story And that's how we're going to end this today's episode And this is from Good News Network Son sells thousands of cheesecakes, bleh, cheese steaks, not cheesecakes, cheese steaks, to give mom last dream trip to see the Egyptian pyramids. How many sandwiches does it take to make a pyramid? Three. How many sandwiches does it take to bring your mom on a trip to see the pyramids? Considerably more. Still, that, doesn't, that didn't stop one devoted son from raising enough bread and cheese steak to make it happen. Gloria Walker dreamed of traveling to Giza to see the pyramids, but more than that, she wanted to take her family along. Sadly, Waltz- Walker was diagnosed with terminal cancer last year. <clears throat> Between the cost of travel, an estimated $10,000, and the limitations of her illness, that trip of a lifetime didn't appear likely in the 56-year-old's future. But her son, Dustin Vitale, was determined to turn his mom's dream into a reality. He just needed to figure out a way to make it happen. 26-year-old Vitale has three passions. Teaching history at First Philadelphia Preparatory Charter School, his family, and cheesesteak. After all, we're talking about Philly, right? Vitale missed the scarfing down the delicacy Philadelphia is so famously known for at least two or three times a week. So what a better way than making and selling his favorite sandwich, using his mom's recipe, of course, to raise the money. With start- sale day starting at 4 a.m. to bake homemade rolls, his entire family has been pitching in. Dustin and his wife, Haley, share a griddle duty. His stepfather is in charge of prep. Dustin's dad, ma- stepmom, sister, and brother, along with some steadfast friends, have all been working to meet the goal. They've been at it since February. My began to chronicle the team efforts for Instagram. Soon gathering a small gathering a growing circle of cheesesteak loving supporters. And they actually have a picture from Instagram of the cheesesteak and fries. Not gonna lie, it looks kinda disgusting. Um I I not out myself, uh, I've never had a cheesesteak before. And I'm just looking at this picture and I think it kinda looks disgusting. I'm probably never gonna have one, you know. Probably also a good thing, I'm probably never gonna be in Philly, but <laughs> Uh. anyway continue on with the article if you are in let's oh wait let's see oh wait that's that's a part of the instagram post so where does the article pick up again okay here's where the article picks up again um we didn't know how long the hype was going to last so we just decided to keep telling everyone and see how many we get tell told the philadelphia Inquirer. we ended up doing 94 in one day and we were just blown away Along the way, we made a fan of award-winning Philadelphia chef Michael Solomonov. I'm going with that. Um, anyway, um, who gave Vitel and his crew a five-star Instagram thumbs up, both for her heart and for her cooking? After that, demand exploded. Without a commercial kitchen, however, Vitale was hard-pressed to keep up with it. That's when a local food truck owner stepped in with an offer to let the cheesesteak fundraisers work out of his mobile cooking facility. Over the course of six weeks, the group raised $18,000, enough for Vital to take the family to Egypt with money to spare, for set to go to Giza gazing, wait, for set to go Giza gazing Leader of his year. Okay, that's how it goes. It didn't seem right at first. Um, anyway, while the winning grilling gig has turned out to be a game changer for his mom, Vital has no plans to switch professional hats as a result. So many people say, are you going to jump into this and open up a shop? Vitale told the Inquirer, I could never. I love doing this on the side. My heart and passion is teaching and for the students. It seems that passion is as intrinsic to Vitale's character as cheesesteak is to Philly. That's why he has a devoted son whose mom means the world to him. There's nothing on this earth or beyond he wouldn't do to see her happy. If she would have asked to go to the moon, he told CBS News, I would have made that happen as well. Somehow, we believe it. So yeah, you know, I just wanted uh, to kind of end everything on kind of a heartwarming story this week. You know, um, last few weeks has been very scientific-y, you know, very scientific and it's good news. But You know, I think we need to kind of be reminded of the good of, you know, goodness that there is in humanity, you know, for once. You know, seeing everything that's going on right now. Anywho, that brings us to the very end of this episode. Um, you know, if you're listening on a podcast platform, um, please leave a review, share the episode. If you're listening on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, you know, you can um, support, if you enjoy this podcast, you can support on Patreon, get the episodes early, along with videos and other rewards. Um, or you can just do one-time donations or cash up in my own PayPal. All the money will go straight towards making better content, such as... Uh, my savings for a computer so i can have better um, production values and then you know you can also send comments and questions at my email address which you can find in the description um and also be sure to send me a voicemail to be played on the episodes and on the episode so yeah everybody um thanks for listening have a wonderful day peace